full stadiums, full casinos on the way, uh, full of misinformation may well be the order of the day for Major League Baseball owners. Hello and welcome to Double AI, the podcast on analytics and the business of sports. I'm Phil in Los Angeles. The Double AI stands for Artificial Intelligence and Andrew and Ari. Hey guys, good to hang out with you. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hello. Yeah, hey everyone. Thanksgiving was great. and Hope you and the listeners had a good one as well. We'll get to talking about Dr. Fauci in a minute um, on full stadiums and that, that's a way on down the road, likely end of summer, July, August of next year, but full of misinformation. Ari, is, is that an accurate assessment of what we're learning based on a story out of fan graphs today? Yeah. Well, well, one challenge is the ownership not opening up their books. So we're all just guessing. But uh, Craig Edwards did a very interesting article on fan graphs and focusing on all of baseball, but also the Atlanta Braves, where he indicated that they actually turned a profit, $6 million profit uh, in this 2020, despite having no fans in the seats. Um, and then just reading through, you know, to quote, from the beginning of 2019 to the end of 2020, the Braves are down a total of just 11 million. But since the start of 2018, um, with the fourth quarter assumptions, they're up a total of 83 million. And mind you, this is profit. In addition, there's the, the brand value of an organization, which has gone like with the Cubs from under a billion to over 3 billion. So there's the valuation of the organizations as well as the actual operating uh, profit. So uh, yeah, Craig goes on to say, the Braves are like the rest of baseball, then Major League Baseball generated about two and a half billion in adjusted operating income the last three years, despite the pandemic and the shortened season. Wow. Uh, so Andrew, my first thought is, I, I'm, I'm really surprised because the Phillies just announced that they suffered 145 million in losses. That was my first thought. My second thought was, oh my goodness, right? I mean. I, I mean, this is what's, what's so bizarre. Th these numbers have been thrown around for years about how profitable teams are and owners regularly complain about how they're losing money and they need a new stadium or they need some modification to the stadium so they can make money again. Um, and, you, you know, we have no idea until they open the books or unless they open the books, no one will really know what's going on. Um, but what we can see is the rapid growth of the value of these franchises. I mean, it's just insane when you think in the 80s that you could buy these teams for, what, $100 million, and now you're talking about these same teams being worth $3 billion. Um, And, you know, there's teams on the market. The Timberwolves have been on the market for, what, most of the last year. And every time you turn around, the selling price seems to have gone up, and now they're a couple hundred million dollars. Um, so, you know, what what does this all mean? And then I've also argued that if you're a billionaire, you've got really good accountants. And if you're losing money in one part of your organization, you should be taking advantage of this for tax purposes anyways. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we should feel sorry for them for the money they're losing. 
At the same time, we learned that Major League Baseball, we learned this on Twitter today from Sports Business Journal, Ari, that uh, Commissioner Manfred assessing adding advertisement decals to uh, a sleeve on a, uh, uh, a, a jersey or a decal on the helmet. Now, that's already the case where, Ari, is, is that KBO and NPB as well already mm-hmm. and in Mexico? Is that right? Yeah, international, yeah, they don't have the same limitations uh, yeah, that we have had here. So yeah, it's it's one growth opportunity, but you know it changes the experience for viewers on television. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. I I was okay with all the billboards around the stadiums this year. That that's fine. Now, guys, I want to take all of this and kind of squeeze it together like a snowball, uh, and and say, what do we have when we condense what's happening around us right now? And I. I'll, I'll, I'll share some ideas. The, the impact of what's happening right now financially and in, in sports, it's obvious. It's creating limits on budgets and income. I mean, the Phillies, they claim 145 million losses and let go of nearly 100 employees the day before Thanksgiving. But this environment right now financially in uh, the business environment also provides an arena for rapid innovation and the opposite, rapid decline or killing off existing ideas and businesses and creating hardship for uh, some industry workers while creating opportunity for others. New Jersey, for example, shut down all youth sports for this month. And I've been in that industry, youth sports industry, for a good 25 years. Uh, They shut down for the entire month of December. Doesn't impact pro or college teams. And then you've got the, the 49ers. Suddenly, their coach gets off of, you know, he drops the headset Sunday, Kyle Shanahan, done with the game, and he learns uh, he's got to relocate for the next three weeks, including two home games that will be played now at Arizona. Also, Stanford and college uh, uh, football learning they're going to play their next two games on the road, their next two home games on the road against Washington and Oregon State. So, fellas, as a, well, I'm going to make both of you economic forecasters. Andrew, give me a, an initial uh, a reaction to that, please. I, I mean, it's, it's both surprising and not surprising. Um, we've been knowing this sort of thing was going to happen as cases began spiking again. I think the longer-term forecast, the thing I'm most interested in watching it's not on the pro side. I think the pro side is going to be fine. I'm, I'm more concerned about the college side. I'm concerned about the college budgets because we know how important this all is to the way the college athletic departments work. But I also worry about the impact the decisions the administrators are making where they very clearly said, these aren't student athletes. These are not students. They're simply unplayed, unpaid employees. Um, And we're going to treat them in exactly the same way we treat the NFL players or the NBA players. I wonder what that does to college athletics long-term, both from the fans' perspective, but also the economic arguments the players have that they should be getting some of this wealth passed back to them. Ari, what's your feel for the pulse of all of that thrown together? Yeah, it's... um... You know, we've been reading about college baseball programs and other college sports programs, even this past week, you know, just ending. Um, and it may never come back or it may come back uh, years down the road. Uh, minor league baseball, you know, continuing, uh, you know, being shut down. Uh, we started the call with Dr. Fauci. I was also reading uh, just before the, the podcast started that he said full stadiums, you know, sports stadiums, 
are going to be the last thing to come back in America. Um, you know, mind you, they could still have limited crowds, but uh, uh, you know, optimistically, we have a you know good vaccine coming into the summer. You know, it'll be through much of next year until things are fully back, and it could take many years for, if at all, for some of these uh, amateur um, or college organizations to come back. Good insight, fellas. Agreed. And youth sports is taking a mighty tumble there. Uh, speaking of innovation, sports betting. Andrew, uh, state of Michigan has figured enough of hearing uh, about Illinois, Indiana, uh, Iowa. Uh, they're all in on sports betting. Bring us up to date. Yeah, absolutely. So a year ago, um, Michigan agreed to legalize internet gambling and wagering on sports and then did what governments do and begin arguing about the rules that were going to be in place. Um, but it, it looks like with what we've seen happen over the last couple months that we've been covering, um, they want a piece of the action and they don't want their people driving across the border to um, bet. And so all it's going to take is the lawmakers to waive the remaining time they have to consider the proposed licensing rules. We could actually see online sports betting and gambling starting this month in Michigan. So just continuing the steady march of sports betting across the country. And you, you have some updated numbers on uh, trends or a survey. Yeah, absolutely. So Harris Poll conducted a survey of just over 2,000 adults about sports betting and it suggested that a third of all sports bettors started since the pandemic began in March. Um, and of the sports bettors that are out there, half are now watching sports they didn't watch before the pandemic. So we've been tracking this. We've been speculating that this was going on as we saw a massive rush into sports betting as one of the few out entertainment outlets. But now we have an actual poll from the people doing it that suggests that we were right all along. Yeah. And uh, all right, Professor Engel has been my greatest teacher during this process as well. So Andrew, thank you. And for our, our viewers and listeners. NFL, week number 13, sort of. Uh, undefeated Steelers and rival Ravens now playing, and we're recording this Tuesday, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. It reflects uncertainty and corporate agility, guys. This is a total fire drill. So the Steelers-Ravens game scheduled to kick off at 3.40 Eastern time Wednesday. That's 12.30. That's lunch hour here on the West Coast. Um, that was originally the Thanksgiving Day showcase game. Now, Pittsburgh favored now by 10 points over under at 40 and a half. There's a domino effect to this. Because we're, and this is what's happening in pro sports right now. One, the Steelers' home game in week 13 against Washington has been moved from Sunday to the next day, Monday, at 5 o'clock Eastern time. The Ravens' week 13 home game against Dallas will be on Tuesday the 8th, a week from today as we record this, Tuesday the 8th at 8 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock kickoff Pacific time. It was originally scheduled for this Thursday night. And uh, one of my thoughts here, other leagues should be taking note if they're not already. And we thought they were taking note of what was going on with Bundesliga from the very beginning. And, and they were trying, but 
now we're getting an exercise in what really happens when mayhem unfolds. Now, guys, we're going to come back to the NFL in a minute. I'm going to ask you two questions. Andrew, do you think you have a good idea of what's happening in college football and the playing of the games right now? Do I have a, in, in what sense? Do I understand what's largely going on? Yes. Any. But, I, but the, the problem is that I can't tell you what games are going to happen this weekend. I can't even tell you if Ohio State's eligible for the championship in the Big Ten. And that was my next question. Ari, do you have a, a solid understanding of the championship in college football? No, I, I don't have a good pulse. Um, uh, my family goes to Northwestern, and if we see the team buses there, on every Saturday, it's a beautiful campus, walk around. If the team buses are there, they're playing. If not, it's either COVID or they're away somewhere. But it's, it's hard to get a pulse. And, and that's an example of NFL doing the best they can to suit the needs of their TV audience, really, and just to get revenue in the door. And college football is so splintered, they're doing a very poor job. And, um, you know, I... That's... Well, I, I think, A, it goes back to my original question of how does college come out of this. Um, but I think there's an – I don't want to give the NFL too much credit because we saw Major League Baseball do a really good job. We saw the NBA and the NHL do a really yep. good job. Um, I cannot say in, uh, with any honesty that the NFL is doing a good job. And on top of that, you, you look at, well, the Ravens-Steelers game moved, but then – Denver played a game on set Sunday yeah. where we proved that it's kind of important to have a quarterback. <laughs> and and it's important. one of those, and it's it seems to me if they had just postponed it a day or two, right, a couple of the quarterbacks who never tested positive would have actually been able to play because they'd have quarantined long enough. So, you know, the NFL's making it up as they go too. Well said. All right, here's the setup. Uh, teams against the spread so far in the NFL. The Dolphins, best in the league against the spread. They're eight and three. Cowboys, the worst. The only team with only two covers all season so far. And that's the setup to this. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, so, right, we have the, we have the Monday night football game where we saw the really weird action of the, of the Eagles going for two, right, to change whether or not they covered. Um, in a game where the two points they scored really didn't matter, right? They still lost. Yeah. Um, but going for two points went from not covering to covering the spread, which admittedly seems like an interesting decision in an NFL game. Well, and we get into these details, and then you find out a story about Jeremy Chin. Uh, same thing. Very fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can't be a week in the NFL where we don't talk about um, the NFC North, right? So we have to talk about the Vikings game, but we're going to talk about the Panthers. And Jeremy Chin had an epic game for a rookie. Uh, so he's the rookie safety, second-round pick for the Carolina Panthers. As a defensive player, scored two touchdowns within 10 seconds of one another on back-to-back -back offensive plays of the Minnesota Vikings um, Unfortunately, the Panthers still lost 28-27. Um, but Jeremy Chin has entered elite company. He's one of three players to have multiple fumble returns for touchdowns in the NFL, and the first since 1948. So a really amazing accomplishment for Jeremy Chin. That is amazing. 
That leads us to one thing from each of us about the NFL. Andrew? So I want to do two things because I want to broaden it to football. Uh, we have to acknowledge the picture behind my back. Uh, we <laughs> lost one of the great ones over the weekend, Diego Maradona. Um, of course, the infamous hand of God goal from the 1986 um, World Cup. It's really where I started watching soccer or football, if you prefer. So I vaguely remember this time. Um, although I also remember the quality of the picture wasn't good enough to know what happened on this goal at all. Um, but yeah, we have to acknowledge one of the top players of all time and his passing. Okay, so football uh, and football. Yeah, yeah but, but I go ahead, Ari. I was going to say that football. Yes, football. We, we, we started this podcast many, many months ago talking about European football. So we have to circle back. Um, but I, I would like to talk about the NFL as well. And I'd like to follow up on that weird story about Pittsburgh and Baltimore by talking about betting on Thanksgiving. So in the last two years, the evening Thanksgiving game has been the most heavily bet upon game in the NFL regular season, according mm. to William Hill. So that game didn't occur this Thanksgiving. Still, DraftKings reports that three times more money was bet this Thanksgiving on just the two games taking place between four not very good football teams um, that was bet on all three games last Thanksgiving. It, it's just, right, it just continues that story about how much sports betting has expanded. Well said. Ari, one thing. Uh, the best of times and the worst of times. So I always think it's fascinating to see um, you know, the Steelers undefeated in 10 games. The Chiefs also won just as many games, uh, but have one loss, one extra game played, 10-1. and one. And the Jets uh, have yet to get that victory, 0-11. So I, I just find it fascinating as you get later in the season, and we'll see uh, how long uh, the Steelers uh, can be remaining undefeated. Wait a minute, did uh, Andrew, did Ari just go literate on us? Did he just throw out a Charles <laughs> Dickens? Okay. He did, he did. He's, he's, he's raising our, our intellectual level. We needed someone to do it. To be clear, I had to Google that. So. <laughs> All right, well, my one thing about the NFL is the NFL gladly handing over the scheduling fire drill to the NBA, which is coming up. Uh, NBA training camps are open. This is the shortest offseason ever for the NBA champs, in this case, LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. Also, keep in mind with the NBA, eight teams like the Warriors, Knicks, and like have not played a game since March. Really long holdover. Uh, exhibition games start on the 11th, and the 72-game regular season starts on the 22nd. So my one thing about the NFL is that the NFL says to the NBA, bring it on. Enjoy the mayhem. Um, Big news, Andrew, you motivated me to do this. Big news in Europe is that uh, Formula One seven-time champ Lewis Hamilton has tested positive, mild symptoms, and will miss this weekend's race in, uh, race in Bahrain. He won last Sunday's race there, and they've been doing back-to-back -back events on tracks to save time and space and to build their own bubble. Uh, so that's big news in the Formula One circuit. 
he says he's okay. And Hamilton is very active on social media. So he says he's going to post often about that. And then uh, we will finish where we started talking about baseball. Major League Baseball has converted uh, two of the old uh, short season rookie leagues. The New York Penn League is now the draft league and will compete head to head with the established Cape Cod League. Very interested to see how that will unfold. Major League Baseball also announcing the conversion of the old Pioneer League, short season rookie ball, now an indie ball league in uh, Utah, Colorado, Idaho, and Montana. The commission bleeding out information to soften the blow of crushing minor league teams and towns with contraction and realignment. But we're keeping an eye on the city of Fresno, California, the uh, world capital of raisins. And we heard it through the grapevine <laughs> that uh, it has been targeted to drop from AAA. Imagine that AAA down to the Cal League. And that's not just high A anymore. Mm -hmm. From AAA down to low A, uh, Google it. We've heard it through the grapevine. You'll enjoy it. You're welcome. That was one of the best commercial. And Ari's wife's big uh, commercial industry, ad industry gal. So. Mm -hmm. Heard it through the grapevine, one of the most successful ad campaigns ever. And uh, that will be interesting. That's really what we were talking on while we were waiting to start this whole thing because we're all really fascinated to see. And the, the op, uh, I, I guys, I thought the uh, commissioner was going to do that uh, yesterday, Monday, but then they bled out the draft league. And then today they bled out the short season leagues, now any ball. So at some point, we're actually going to get the real information on what's happening with minor league baseball. All right, we'll save the rest of that conversation to the next podcast. We wanna thank you for hanging out with us. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays. Christmas coming up, we have Christmas decorations and our Hanukkah's coming up. We're, we're in the holiday mode. Uh, I'm Phil, along with Andrew and Ari. We wanna say a big happy holidays to you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Whether you watch us on YouTube or you listen to us as a podcast, we're grateful for you guys to hang out with us. That'll do it for this week. We'll talk to you next week here on AAAI, the podcast about analytics and the business of sports.